0: How are we all this morning? Oh, it's a bit of a... I know that feeling. I know that feeling. So um, if you missed Jordan's message last week, really encourage you to go back and actually listen to it. You know, you're an incredible gift to us, Jordan, and I love the way that you just take us on a journey. So the first part of our series last week was God is still just... And sometimes we can look at these things. I think there's a, there's a big difference. It's like different topics that we talk about justice. And John did a great job taking us on this journey from justice to God's grace and truth. And then today we're looking at God is still love. And very often we kind of like give love a bit of a, oh, oh, it's Valentine's Day, isn't it? All right, all right. Put your hands up if you think Valentine's Day is the most romantic day of the year. You're a... (sighs) Put your hands up if you think that it is just a marketing ploy to get you to spend lots of money. (laughs) What a cynical bunch we are. (laughs) You know, the the reality is, is that sometimes, even as Christians, we look at love and it kind of almost gives that implication of gentle Jesus, meek and mild, bit of a soft option, bit of a, oh, that's nice. Whereas actually, I'm hoping by the end of this morning, we will understand that actually to love as God loved us and then commands us to love, is actually one of the bravest, most courageous, most frightening, most getting yourself out of your comfort zone kind of thing to do. There is no soft option when we talk about love and the Christian faith. Absolutely not. So... Now we've set that tone. I haven't brought any hearts and flowers for y'all. Sorry about that. Next time, next time. So I want to just take us a little bit on a journey ourselves, really. Because I've been really um, challenged when I've just been thinking about this. God is still love. There's two ways that I've been playing about with this in my mind. We could look at God is still love. You know, the fact that we turn on our TVs, our news, pick up our phones, and we do get bombarded with a lot of bad news, don't we? We have stuff that's going on in our own lives, in our families. Matt prayed a beautiful and powerful prayer there about the reality of what God's love does, even in the hardest of times. And we can stand and say, but God is still love. I don't actually want us to rush past that because sometimes we can just busy ourselves so much. We don't have to stop and acknowledge how God is still love. You know, there's that, that constant pressure on our time and uh, our attention and what we do. And it's it's easier not to stop and think about stuff and really wrestle with some of the depths of things that go on around us or in our families or in, with our loved ones or in the world or things that we're passionate about. Sometimes it's just easier to just rush on. So there's this other way of looking at it that says, God is still. God is still. God is still. It's the only place that things start making sense. The presence of God, not the rushing, not the doing. Not the, you know, that we've just been praying and and singing and praising. Make room. Even in religion and tradition. I don't know if you noticed that line when we were singing that. Make room, put that aside. It's not about that. It's the reality that God is still you know, I, I'm in a, a very privileged position and I love my job. I love being a pastor and a minister. I love being with people and um, walking with people through sometimes some of the most difficult times in life. And, uh, and, and every so often I have to stop and realize, am I taking this on a bit? Am I, am I absorbing actually the, the troubles? of what's going on around rather than realizing the joy that God actually brings. Am I being still before God and giving him all the stuff because it's nothing I can do or fix? And we were praying for for a family recently and God just really challenged me about reflecting what's around me and I was just thinking you know when you take we've got a little dog we take the the dog on a walk and when it's winter like this she has to have like a little reflector thing (laughs) she's very cute she's very cute little reflector on a collar or on a coat or you see cyclists or runners and they have these reflective jackets don't they so that when the cars and the headlights come along the headlights reflect and bounce off Uh, whatever the reflector is on that person, cyclist, dog, (laughs) whatever it is you wanted to think about. But God actually really challenged me, am I just reflecting what is being shone onto me? Now, let me explain what I mean by that. Because actually, the reality is that sometimes with the best of intentions, we can get really overwhelmed by things that are going on around us. And rather than the depth of the fact that God is our light. You know, Jesus is the light of the world. We are called to be light bringers. We are called to be that lighthouse in the middle of it that is literally shining out for Jesus it says light shines in the darkness and it is not overcome in fact it says the darkness flees from it we know that Jesus is the light it isn't about us being um, anything <laughs> It's about us knowing that we are not just here to reflect back as the world says, as the situation says, as the things that are projected onto us says. And like the same as a car headlights, we just bounce back the same thing. The reality is, is that Jesus is the light of the world. He is the one that is our salvation, that is our hope bringer. He is our light that literally means that wherever there is, even in the darkest of times, light pushes back darkness. And that is the call that we have on our lives. But if we are so busy rushing, we become reflectors just reflecting back, we're just bouncing back. Oh, this is, that's tough, that's tough, that's tough. Rather than looking with the eyes of faith and hope to say, but my Jesus, oh my Jesus, he is a life-changing, absolute Holy Spirit, fill me again afresh, that I can show and bring that light into the world that pushes back the darkness, not just reflects the issues. Amen. Because to be still, Psalm 46 sums this up so well. And uh, I read this thing that I love. It says, the call to be still is a call to surrender. And we have sung beautifully words of surrender. I love worship. It is just that incredible point where you can just put worship songs on. Sometimes you don't know what to do. You don't know what to pray. You don't know what to sing. And I just love the fact that it absolutely then is just, Lord, let me be still. Sometimes it needs to be the silence, not even trying to pray over some situations, just be still because it's a call to surrender, surrender. It's all about stopping striving and letting go. You see, it's that reality where it says, be still and know that I am God. This might come as a revelation, (laughs) and I don't mean to be offensive, but actually, you can offer God nothing. (laughs) Do you know, we come weakly and humbly with things and we say, this is all I have in my hand to do. Actually, That's a step of obedience. But the reality is we come to God completely empty-handed. And the love that we need to talk about is actually unconditionally there for us. It is where we come to him and we know that actually his love is the one that is complete already for us. There's a verse in that psalm that actually I wasn't going to mention, but I do feel that this is particularly for somebody. It talks about this stillness of God. It talks about the war that's raging over Jerusalem. And there's a verse that just stands out in the middle that's for somebody today. And it says, God is within her, she will not fall. God is within her. She will not fall. My prayer over whoever that is for this morning is that you will know the strength of God is within you. Be still before him because he is your mighty refuge and your strength, your ever-present help in times of trouble. Do not fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. Be still because God is still love. Do you know we can question that when we've had really difficult times. We can sometimes question God if there is this suffering how can you be this all loving God? And as we wrestle with that we need to come back to that point of God is still to just surrender it. Surrender it, the wrestling is absolutely fine. Do you know, the, the doubts, the fears, the worries are all part of being human, but in stillness as we surrender to God, be still and know that I am God." You see, it carries on beautifully from, from justice. When we were looking at, God is still just." And in Matthew 22, it says this: "The greatest commandments are these love the Lord your God with all your heart your soul, your mind and this is being quoted from Deuteronomy 6 where it also says and your strength doesn't matter if you feel that you don't have a lot of strength it is saying love the Lord your God with it (laughs) and the second is this, love your neighbour as yourself Woo! I don't like thinking about that one too much because that's actually really, really challenging. Maybe you've got it just a lot easier than I have, but that is such a challenging one. You know, God is incredibly forgiving and gentle and kind and sometimes very challenging and, you know, powerful and mighty. And we have this incredible God that shows us these different sides of his nature. But then when it says, love your neighbour as yourself... It's that inward examination, isn't it? And that isn't always the nicest of things to look at when you really examine your own heart, your motives, what you're saying, what you're doing. Am I really surrendering it all to God, to be still and let him do the wrestle? You see the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were actually testing Jesus at this time. Um, you know they get a, they get a bad rap really in the Bible. <laughs> do you know? And I and have a bit of sympathy for them because they are religious people that literally wanted to honour the law and they wanted to do the right thing, but they hadn't understood that Jesus came as a new covenant to challenge. And we have to be so careful, don't we, as we've just sung, that our religion and our traditions don't become the idol rather than God. (laughs) Do you know, it's so challenging, and particularly in our free kind of style of church with worship, we have to be careful that we don't become so reliant on our big gatherings and our worship services that actually the reality of who God is in the person, in the quiet in the reality of stopping and being still. Because much as we have great breakthroughs in worship and in times together, and God says, do not give up meeting together, there is times when there is only you and God, only you and God, then you can really experience that love because God is still love. God is still love completely, completely. You see, I love the fact that it goes on to say that when we are looking at these greatest commandments, all the law and the prophets hang on these commandments. It's not instead of or alongside, it's actually fulfillment of the law. Romans 13 actually states, let no debts remain except continuing debts to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments are summed up in one command: "Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. so there's not a this or them there's not a that was that's more holy and that's more soft and squishy. The reality is is that Jesus came in fulfilment of the law, in his new covenant. I think sometimes part of the issue is our language, because obviously in English, love, I love that. (laughs) Do you know my daughter introduced me to TikTok? Down with the kids. And... (laughs) No idea how you work it, but she was showing me this uh, this lady that she follows on TikTok who does these crazy cooking things, these little videos, and this woman loves cheese. She says, I love cheese. And then she does all these recipes with massive blocks of cheese, plonks it in a bowl, and another big block of cheese, and then sprinkles cheese. She really does love cheese. I mean it looks like a heart attack waiting to happen to be honest, but it's like she loves cheese. I love pancakes. Pancake Day was my favourite day. Forget Valentine's Day. I've had pancakes all week. I love them. But we batter about, don't we, this this word love with so many different connotations. Valentine's Day. Well, we know that you lot weren't celebrating it, so <laughs> we don't need to to focus on that one too long but even the the whole heart of what valentine's day brings up that whole kind of romance that whole kind of romantic sexualized love that we kind of actually even in church circles can idolize we can become so obsessed with that kind of love i have to find the right partner Oh, you know, even like in church go, oh, people constantly trying to match people up. Sorry, but it does me head in. So, (laughs) do you know, we kind of have this thing of like, as if this is the be all and end all, to be matched with someone in this romantic love. And we seriously need to make sure that we are not idolizing that form of love over the fact that we are made and created to love and be loved by our incredible God. Do you know, we, um, one of the things I love seeing on like local news stuff, there's a, a young lad from Burnley. Anyone from Burnley? Let you off. And, uh, and they had this really lovely story on uh, local news recently called, and it's called Hughie Higginson. I don't know if any of you saw it. Hewitt was diagnosed with leukemia when he was only nine or ten. And he's literally been going through three and a half years of chemo and treatment and his best friend um who's called freddie um was literally there with him the whole time and now that he's better they're doing these charity runs and these fun runs to be able to raise money for childhood cancer services and one of the things that is um beautiful is to see the friendship that they have and to see that that kind of love that is so special. When you have a best friend, someone that you can trust, who can walk with you through life, it's lovely. And they had where um, Chris' had brought the, the cancer-free bell. You know, when people finish chemo and they get to, to ring the bell to say their treatment is finished. And uh, it was really quite emotional to see Huey and Freddie stood together holding that bell. Ding, 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 ding ding, ding, stood together side by side, arms round each other, best mates. What an incredible love that they share, that friendship love. We've got a little girl um, whose family come up to talks at Horwich who have asked us for prayer, so I'm not belaying any confidences here and their little five-year-old granddaughter is going through treatment for leukemia at the minute and their family have come together they are literally around the clock constantly in and out of hospital all the time, standing together. They have this beautiful family, like tribal love, that comes together to be praying for that miracle. This, I don't even know where they're up to faith-wise, but they're saying, will you pray? Will you pray? So we're going to pray for five-year-old Pippa, and we're really believing that she too will be ringing, ringing that bell. But that family tribal love. Lord, even now we pray for Pippa. God, we pray for her family. God, we pray that she will have that miracle of healing. God, continue to be with them always. Lord, as church family, we wrap around their family in that beautiful family, tribal love to hold them up, hold them up. God, bring healing. Amen. You see, our English word love fits in so many different types. We have that Greek eros, that's the romantic love that we looked at with Valentine's Day. The filio love that looks at the friendship side. All these are throughout the Bible. Different types of words used for love. Friendship love all through the Bible. We have the Greek word storage that is literally family, tribal love, that actually as church family is the one to investigate because there is a great challenge in 2 Timothy that it's used in a negative sense where there is a challenge against people that are without love, and it says people will love themselves rather than love God. Church, I don't know about you, but when we are literally looking at wanting to wrap around the families of this world, like Pippa and others that we are dealing with, we want to be that family that have that tribal love to say, we will come together. We will come together. But the key one for us to understand is agape. God's love for us. This is looked at in a whole different way. God's love for us, his steadfast love, why God never gives up on us, his unconditional commitment, the self-sacrifice of Christ coming in our place to earth, dying in our place on the cross, Self-sacrificial so that there is nothing stops us being able to approach our living God. To know Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. And I'm just going to ask the band to come back up and we're going to be taking communion in a moment. Because there is no greater reminder than to be still before God and to remember the sacrifice that he has made so there is nothing that stops you from knowing God is still love. God is still love. You see, there's the love that gives in spite of the condition or reaction of those that are loved. It's not to do with you being in the right place to receive it. God knows the reality of rejected love. Love goes much deeper than feelings. It involves commitment. And what I love is this. It does not depend on our loveliness. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. We're not anyone more special than the next person. We literally come humbly to surrender that God is still and in that call to be still right now, I just pray that you will know and remember and reflect as we take communion that yes, God is still love. God is still love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God demonstrated his own love for us with this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So love one another because love comes from God and God is love. I'm just going to ask you to stand and I'm going to read 1 Corinthians over us as a prayer before we take communion because when we're talking about love we can't just you know we, we read this a lot at weddings because we, we're we thinking and celebrating what love is but then we get that completely mixed up with the Eros romantic love because it's at a wedding and we're celebrating the love of a couple but actually this chapter goes much much deeper than that and I really encourage you to just when you get home and you are still read this by yourself in stillness to really know that reflection of examining our own hearts as we are called to love others but to be refreshed and renewed and have that reality again that God is still love I will show you the most excellent way If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Oh God, forgive us. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, give my body over to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes it always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is part disappears. When I was a child, I taught like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put my ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only as a reflection, as in a mirror. Then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully even as I am fully known now these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love Lord as we come to the communion table Lord we stop to be still to remember the ultimate gift of love that there is no separation from you our mighty god because you first loved us oh god as we seek in our in our humble in our flawed in our failing ways god help us to love you with all our heart soul mind and strength and god help us to love each other as ourselves lord god we come now to say thank you. But God, I just pray, Father, that there is an incredible stillness upon each one of us to know the roots of all that is good and right and holy and true is because God is still love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.